0: we are back baby we are back we are back you are looking live we get after it you know we jabber jaw we go tit for tat we have our little differences let's get fucking like a monkey and here we go Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast, this is episode 162 of the pod alongside Matt Rooney, I am Joe Muso. Matt, before we get started, uh, stop taking pictures of yourself and two, uh, I was not. Did you hit the record button this week?
1: I did hit the... First, I, okay, let's let's stop. I, I hit the record button the entire time. That's why we had 30 minutes of unaired stuff because it was recording. I don't know what the hell happened. Hmm... Mm. We we were, I mean, you saw where the podcast ended, I think we were Mm. right about to get into Cam Newton's, I mean, I can send you the recording Mm. if you want, Joe, it's a 50 minute recording, if you want, I can take a picture of that. And I'm,
0: just I'm just distancing myself from all fault in last week's oh, mishap. Oh, there, there,
1: there, can be nothing I mean, I'm the one who you know. I do all the work with the editing, and you know the, the recording. Oh, now, you, no, you no, you're you, gonna you set an alarm. This, you set an alarm. you gonna make this gap. Set, an alarm, a, answer, a you, you set an alarm. Answer a phone call, and you just kind of talk for an hour, and then it's hey, yeah. I'll hit the retweet button. That's for all. Me though, is. you know, I gotta wake up. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get the computer ready. I gotta fire it up. Make sure it's charged. I gotta hit record. I gotta do some editing. You know, and through 160. Two Joe, a Major League Baseball season full of podcasts, I think we're about 160 and two. I think we've had to re-record once and then we've had one time where yeah, we lost half an episode and I don't know why. That's just going to happen. Until someone wants to sponsor us and put us in a studio. Then it won't happen. Still could happen. Um, Just Keep the talent
0: happy. One and two, uh, to your credit, you do a fantastic, <laughs> you do a fantastic job editing and making sure things go off seamlessly. We do apologize for the mishap last week with the recording. Sometimes the technology doesn't work, like Matt said. Uh, we're kind of uh, slapping things together with uh, double-sided tape here every week. But luckily, we it ended does. at
1: a good time last week. We had like a natural kind of we had out an out. <laughs> we, had a, we had a
0: clean out. out. To be fair, to be fair. But uh, we do have plenty to get to this week. Um, we are you know, not going to backpedal and hit what uh, what was omitted last week. We will get to some mailbags that were addressed last week, but we're going to get to them today. Uh, but a lot going on in the world of sports right now, Matt. Opening day, a day away at the time of recording this for baseball. Uh, we get actual live MLB innings mm. on Thursday, uh, some news in the NFL with no preseason games, the NBA bubble seems to be working, zero positive tests at last check, uh, and then we're going to get some by ourselves, Matt, but first and foremost, how are you this fine morning?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, it's it's. I'm a little bit tired. We've been back in the office going kind of full swing for a little while. I'm getting readjusted to the new schedule, but I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I got my I got my coffee here. Excited to talk to you. How are you?
0: I'm well. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the new studios at NBC Sports Chicago, check oh them out because uh, just beautiful. What's going on over there, and uh, some some great numbers I saw over the week as well. The most watched White Sox broadcast since 2012 on the air was the Cubs Sox game. We got uh, a little bit
1: of a perfect storm, no doubt about it. We it was a Sunday night, so you know, not that you know, everybody was home. Uh, now that with obviously we're still in the middle of this pandemic but some people i think during the week are back at work now to some extent but you know sunday night you got everybody home marquee's not does, doesn't have a deal with comcast yet so we had all of comcast viewers watching our broadcast too it was a rivalry game the socks are kind of on the rise so their fan base is excited and it was like the first live baseball event in this city and however in 130 some days so yeah I we had that. we had a perfect storm and yeah I, it was a it was a good one for the white Sox to be the most viewed game since 2012.
0: Uh, a couple pieces of breaking news here that I want to get your reaction to. Love the, breaking the New news Sons on the podcast. Pod. Just a minute ago, uh, the Blue Jays uh, committing to play their season in Pittsburgh this mm-hmm. year because the Canadian government won't let them play up north. They were thinking about Buffalo in a triple A park, but the players are saying, you know, kind of a competitive disadvantage there just to not have the facilities in mm-hmm. a major league park. Makes so sense at pnc i believe in uh yeah at pnc uh their full 2020 schedule uh, so people are adjusting they're moving they're melding uh matt your reaction
1: here um sounds like a good deal for them good good on pittsburgh for uh opening their doors and i think I, Mm -hmm. i forgot who said it i think my brother was saying he mentioned he saw it in a tweet but it's very canada to welcome the entire nhl and kick baseball out i think that's kind of funny not bad.
0: Yep. Not bad stuff. That's uh, th- th- That's a stupid point though and I've seen it made by multiple people because And well, That's why bubble. I said
1: it's a joke, Joe. It's a joke. It's a, it's joke. a, it, it's a, it's a joke. bubble. they it's bubble. keeping it's, everyone it's there. A There's a no joke. travel in it's and out of the country. It's a joke. That's the joke. Yeah, but it's funny. I like My when cap.
0: jokes are rooted in of something. Of course, you
1: do. Everything's got to have a deeper meaning with you. Why can't just uh, funny be funny?
0: Second piece of breaking news here: oh, NFL we have more PA breaking revealing. News? Yep, NFLPA oh. revealing uh, fifty-nine positive COVID tests across the league uh, after initial note of ninety-five, including players and personnel. So, so, so were rookies uh,
1: reported yesterday, right? So, this would be rookies testing positive.
0: Yes, I believe this okay. would be rookies testing positive. Um, you know you do have some other players trickling into buildings uh, non-rookie players over the next couple of days here uh but that initial batch of testing has 59 positive players um it is a larger pool of players so we're gonna see larger numbers of positive tests it's mm-hmm. not like uh the mlb where or the nba where you got 12 15 guys a roster some personnel and, and things of that sort but uh, we will talk COVID in the lens of the NBA because that's where it's most prescient right now but let's open up with some baseball opening day thoughts here Matt Cubs Sox both (laughs) in action on Friday Uh, we got a little taste as you said wet the beak there on NBC Sports Chicago between the Cubs and the Sox Uh, it it was all White Sox Uh, a little comeback in that second game by the Cubbies but uh, I want to get your thoughts here opening day we're going to go each side of town here starting on let's say the south side because you are uh, admittedly a White Sox fan as are you but um, let's start on the south side here I want your biggest excitement And your biggest question mark with the White Sox right now
1: I mean I think the bi- biggest excitement Has to be what we saw from the starting line Or from the lineup I mean you looked at it on paper this off season, And I think all of us were You thought it was going to be exciting. You thought it was going to be fun. We thought it was going to be a good lineup. Didn't know how it was going to be kind of melded together. You can kind of, you know, making the joke, you can throw names against the wall and every lineup Mm -hmm. kind of makes sense. Uh, Now that we kind of saw in those first two games, and again, I'm not, obviously, it was fun to beat up, you know, on the Cubs in exhibition games, but you can't be getting too excited over, you know, exhibition games. They're just that people are kind of toying with things. Um, But that said, what we saw from especially Tim Anderson out of the leadoff spot, who obviously had a great yeah. year last year, but the, the book on him is always, he's a little bit over-aggressive. He's always trying, he, he's swinging, he's chasing all the time. I saw multiple at-bats, especially in that, that first one he had against Kyle Hendricks on, in the first game where he was, you know, taking, taking, I think he took the first four pitches, drew it out and an eight-pitch bat, ended up getting out, but he was taking, you know, it was a professional at-bat against a professional pitcher. And I mm-hmm. think from what we saw is an entire lineup, for the most part, of professional hitters who are going to be willing to take pitches and milk you know, more and more pitches mm-hmm. out of pitchers, which we haven't seen from the White Sox in a really long time. So obviously what it's a, I'm excited it's a really about is the professional line, not just the talented lineup, it's a professional lineup.
0: That's a really great point, Matt, is that there's no easy out uh one through nine on this white sox team, and that's not always the case across the league you know you're you're going to get through the back end of a lineup and those eight nine spots you, a pitcher might not have to lock in as much, but i mean eight nine right now, what are we looking at with where Luis this robert projects, garcia you're gonna have like
1: you know Eleori Garcia who is you know, not a great hitter by any means but a professional hitter guy who hit around two seventy last year. Or mm-hmm. you're going to have um, Nomar Mazara possibly, who's a 20 home run guy, or Nick Madrigal, who struck out all of three times in Triple A last year. Um, yeah. So you're going to have guys who are going to challenge pitchers and not be easy outs. I mean, the the, the top of the lineup isn't you know, isn't as star studded as you might see around the mm-hmm. league. And the Yankees, or the Astros, something like that, but they are all very very talented hitters. And like it's it's a lot like the Cubs lineup you were looking at in 2015. There's not many easy outs in there.
0: Uh, My biggest excitement, and it is almost an allusion back to that Cubs lineup as well, is that it is a fun team. It is a group of guys that you can buy into. Like It seems like they're having fun, mm-hmm. led by Tim Anderson. Uh, it was awesome to have him mic'd up those couple nights and just hear him talking baseball, hear him uh, John, a little bit. It's a group of guys that you can buy into, which hasn't been the case on the South Side in a very long time. Obviously, these last couple years, we've seen the pieces come together with some of the young talent and through transactions, but now seeing them all on the field together, it feels like... It's a group of guys we can get behind, support, start coming up with nicknames for, uh-huh. like all the things that go into like falling in love with a team. They have all those pieces in place right now. Now we're gonna have to fall in love real quick with this sixty-game sprint we have here. But looking forward to even just further seasons, it's such a fun group.
1: I, and I, I, I you, you mentioned the sixty-game sprint. Obviously, we've talked about that on the podcast. I'm excited about it for this team because this is a team that I think if you get off to a hot start. I think they are going to be – they're a young team that's going to kind of ride that wave of momentum. Granted, they got a three-game series with the Twins right off the bat, but they're also a team mm-hmm. that doesn't look like they're going to back down to challenges. And they can – if you ride the wave, you know, kind of a momentum, and, you know, baseball is such a momentum-type sport, if you can get to you know, throw a 10-3 and run into your season somewhere, like, that's a fourth of the season that you just – you know, you won 10 out of 13 games. Like, yeah. That's those runs are a lot more important now than they are. I, they're still important in, in a one sixty two season, but they're that much more important now. And if you can get off to that hot start, and obviously this team in just exhibition games, granted, but they've built some momentum. They're they saw some of their hard work pay off in you know beating up on the Cubs a little bit. They're yep. going to have that momentum. They're going to have that confidence. There's not as many questions going into opening day now that they've done that. Um, uh, yesterday.
0: We no, I, was say, yesterday, I yesterday I was fortunate enough to um, Christian Yelich, spend some time with Christian Yelich on CBS Sports HQ. Did you him about that? the White Sox? Uh, head over. I, I did not head over to my no. Twitter, uh, my Instagram, anywhere. You'll be able to find it, or cbssports.com slash live. Mm-hmm. Um, great interview, but mm-hmm. the conversation kind of went that direction of, how are you preparing mentally for the high stakes of every pitch, every at-bat, every out, every strikeout? Everything is multiplied by mm-hmm. 2.7. Your hits are multiplied by 2.7. Your strikeouts are multiplied by 2.7. Outs, wins, home runs—that's the denominator here. That's We're not, not a right math. Pod, but Joe's term. doing
1: the math. Well, yeah. If
0: you divide 162 by point seven is the variable that? Thank the variable. you. The variable that you're going to get. So the stakes are higher, and 2.7 times higher if you want to get mathematical about it. But yes, let's talk concerns here uh, about the White Sox before we get to the Cubs. I'll lead us off here. Um, my concern being the back end of the pitching staff. And, you know, we talked about it a little last week. I don't know what made the pot and what didn't last week, but the absence of Michael Kopech. Um, I'm excited to see Lucas Giolito on opening day. I'm excited Hmm. to see Dallas Keuchel throw 20 ground balls in a complete game. Man, I know
1: it was a scrimmage, but he looked good against the Cubs.
0: Beyond that, I mean, Ronaldo Lopez, Dylan Cease, I mean, Gio Gonzalez on the back end likely going to really raise some question marks and, you know, we just framed it. In this sprint, there is not room for your pitcher Uh to go on an 0-3 slump, can't figure it out, can't find it and I think that this abbreviated spring training 2.0 is really putting pitchers behind the eight ball as is. So if you have veteran pitching, if you have guys who'd, Knows, know what it takes to win games, get mm-hmm. to the postseason, that sort of thing. A veteran staff, you're going to be in a great situation. We don't necessarily have that right now.
1: Well, luckily for, I mean, for the I would say that back end is a concern as much as as much as I'm concerned about Dylan Cease, I, I would say because I'm I'm somewhat confident in Carlos Rodon's ability to be a three or a four starter. Now that they're not relying on him to be a one or a two, um, mm-hmm. I, I think from what. We, now, Cease didn't throw in any of the, the ex- exhibitions with the Cubs. We did see him throw in one scrimmage against you know an inner squad game against the Sox, and he looked electric, but we, we saw last year he has the talent and potential. But if he can't put that command together, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm concerned about that as well. But I think my, my concern falls kind of just on, on him because I think between Gio Gonzalez and Reynaldo Lopez, you'll be able to find your fifth starter. A guy who go can go. I mean, Gio Gonzalez. He's not going to be great, but he's a guy who, no matter where he's been, he, I mean, his career in, in let's see here, three hundred and thirty-two games pitched. He's got a 3 6 ERA. I mean, he's he's yeah. fine. He's not going to be great. He's not going to roll the world. You know, set the world on fire. But he's capable of being like we talked about with, with their lineup at the at the bottom of the lineup at the bottom of rotation. He's still a professional pitcher. It's not like they're tossing Dylan Covey out there. My biggest concern with this team was actually one of their strengths last year: the bullpen. Just because mm. I like Alex Colomay. I think he's a pretty good pitcher. But last year, you know, the fancy stance kind of had that as a possible outlier, possible him getting a little bit lucky. And while I think he's very skilled, I'm worried that in a short season, that luck might flip a little bit. And the Sox had a lot of, I don't want to say quite one year wonders, but they had a guys, a few guys who had their best seasons last year out of that bullpen, namely Aaron Bummer. I'm just, I'm. Until I see those guys do it multiple years, I'm going to be worried that, you know, it's always a one-year wonder type thing. So that's for me. I'm glad they added Steve C- Steve Seashack C- because we know what he is. We know what he can give you out of a bullpen. He's been doing it for however many years with the Mariners and the Cubs. But with the back end of that bullpen, guys like Colum A. Bummer kind of having career years last year. I'm hoping they can keep it. I'm just not, I won't be convinced that they will fully until I see them do it again.
0: Yeah, um, it's a good point, And I, I think that, Spotting run support to these starters to this bullpen is so important. Mm-hmm. Like not not calling the dogs off w- when you hang three runs in the first two innings. Like you, this this r- this lineup needs to pour it on yes. to allow the staff those growing pains. You mm-hmm. know, I agree. Um, but but uh, let's take things to the north side here. The Cubs. I don't know. It just it feels a little different this year. It doesn't uh, boast the promise or excitement of the last half decade or or even longer than that. Um, I I don't know if it's Somewhat intertwined into this shift of where do I watch the Cubs? I don't know if it's somewhat intertwined into this, you know, the window is closing and our veterans are getting older and the youth isn't necessarily there because it was traded across town. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know where it's rooted. And I don't know if it's cause I'm, you know, arm's length from the city right now, as I have been for the last few years, but it does not feel like there's the same excitement or promise there- around Cubs baseball right now.
1: No. There is not. I mean, they're still they're the Cubs. There's still always going to be a buzz around them, and they're still you know a team that's with you have been to the playoffs. However, five of the last four of the last five years, and last year was mm-hmm. obviously there to the final day. They still have Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, all that. But there's much more of a feeling of concern, wondering you know if this is getting towards the end than there was you know two three years ago when they are coming yeah. off those wins. There's not the. Blanket projections, the Cubs are going to win the division this year. The Cubs are going to win the NL like they're having. There isn't that. There, there's much more of a bu- feel of, of concern than there is buzz, though the Cubs will always kind of have that buzz around them because in so terms me, of baseball, this is a Cubs town. Everybody, I mean, everyone will agree with that. So give me your biggest buzz. What's the biggest excitement on the north side? Um. I mean, Javi Baez is always going to be that. I mean, yeah. he's, he's a perennial MVP candidate, and no matter what he does, even as a Sox fan, I'm excited to have fun watching him play baseball. I, I think the biggest buzz is getting Kyle Schwarber as a pretty much full-time DH. Uh, that, that's going to be a huge strength for them. For that, sure. uh, Anthony Rizzo was on the uh, was cap show yesterday talking about how much of a lift that is to their lineup, how much deeper that makes their lineup, and I, I think that's going to be a huge help for them. Um, so I, I, that for me, I think is the biggest strength. Most the biggest thing to be excited for is how much that extends their lineup. Because I think if there's any team in the NL that benefits from the DH, I think it's the Cubs because you saw them in the last few years moving outfielders in and out of the lineup on a daily basis because they didn't have a spot for everybody. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm going to kind of, pair the two here, and my biggest excitement and biggest concern are the same thing. There you go. And it's and it's seeing what the hell David Ross is as a manager. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see that, but I am concerned to see that because... It we don't feels know. Like a, it feels like a decade ago that they hired the guy, and we haven't seen him manage a ball game yet. And I think there was a lot of side eyeing going on when the announcement was made that he'd be the next manager of the Chicago Cubs, especially mm-hmm. when you look at it through the lens of the other names that were bouncing around for that job. So I'm excited. I, I think it's going to be awesome to see a young, you know young, relatively speaking, manager, a, a a guy who just got it done a couple of years ago on the player side of things, who shared the field with these players and now will try and manage them. There's so many different uh corners there's so many different turns to be made Mm -hmm. there's so many different things that can go right things that can go wrong that it is both my excitement and my concern with the Cubs
1: I do think that what that team kind of has going for them and I, I think it will benefit them bringing Ross back especially Rizzo again I bring up his interview on Cap Show but kind of brought up that you know there is a growing feeling there's a growing kind of sense of urgency in that clubhouse because you know those guys don't really know if this is it I mean the yeah. kind of kind of say bailed himself out a little bit by saying you know we don't know if this is it because we're all you know the the team control on a lot of us comes up but he kind of was hinting at like these next two years when we're all up like this ain't going to be the same and cap kind of asked him build on it again if there was somewhat of like a last dance type feel to it obviously not with six championships because Rizzo kind of was like, yeah, you know, th- there is that sense of urgency. We, we know things are probably going to change in the next couple of years, and there is that growing sense to get something done now. So I think from that standpoint, when you have a group of, which is weird to say because it doesn't seem like that long ago, we are talking about how young of a lineup this this was. When you mm-hmm. have, you know, a group of veterans who have been around the block who have won one, who now have, a you know, a new manager, which often creates that sense of urgency, who's also, like you said, won one as a player, I think you're going to see – an urgent Cubs team comes sixty, yeah. come you know game one on Friday, and I think in a sixty-game season, that's a good thing. In one sixty-two, if you come out of the gates, you know, with a sense of urgency, that's hard to sustain over a full season. If you if you're going for a playoff push, that's something you can sustain for a while. So I think that's something Cubs have going for them.
0: You make the uh, interesting allusion to the last dance, where this team kind of has a eighty-five Bears yeah. feel to it, mm-hmm. and. And I don't know, you know, we'd have to ask someone who lived through it because we did not. But the expectation of that 85 Bears team was that after that first Super Bowl, that there would be more. Mm -hmm. Um, The year prior, uh, in 84, you know, there was a chance that they won the championship. The Cubs, their window and the expectation and excitement around that team when they won the World Series was, uh, this party's not stopping. Yeah, it wasn't, Um, are they going to win again?
1: It was how many are they going to win?
0: I'd like to pull someone who's both diehard Bears and Cubs a little bit older than us that like. You know, if this does not happen again for the Cubs in the short term, bigger heartbreak. 85 or here, not sounds like a second one.
1: Sounds like a great question for a friend of the mail podcast,
0: Mailbag for the David fans. Mailbag for the fans? We'll mailbag we'll, we'll we'll mail
1: David Kaplan. We'll, that's We'll, a great send, we'll, we'll, we'll question. send him a quick text. We'll go, <laughs> not now, for next week. That's the that's team. <laughs> Get uh, him on the board. My Get concern him on the board. for the Cubs has got to be I, everyone's concerned about the bullpen, and I think that's a given, but I, I also think, you know, 80% of the teams in baseball would tell you yeah, their concern is their, their biggest concern is their bullpen. They're find is, good help, right? Mi- mine's the back of Anthony Rizzo. Uh, I know okay. they said he's going to be ready for opening day, but it kind of tightened up on him again in spring training. It's not something that, you know, it's, it's not the first time that's tightened up on him. And is not, obviously, I'm not a professional athlete, but as somebody who's had back issues in the past, I know those aren't really <laughs> fun and they kind of. They kind of debilitate you for for a little while. Um, and in, in a 60 game season, if you' if you got you know you pull something in yeah. your back, you're out for two weeks. Two weeks in a 60 game season is you know a, a quarter of the season. Uh, and the, the, the Cubs without Anthony Rizzo for a quarter of the season is not something I think they want to think about. Um, so they, they need to stay healthy, but namely Anthony Rizzo, the, the leader, the heartbeat, the best player on that team. Um, needs to stay healthy, and that, that anything with a back is always concerning to me.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And um, I will continue to answer questions at work of people who ask me am I a Cubs or a Sox fan? Uh, I will always answer that I am a Sox fan, there you but go. that uh, I'm, I'm pulling for both both sides of town here, uh, except uh, that final series of the season yeah. when uh, the Cubs and the Sox will both have something except, on the line.
1: Except when Eloy's up against you, Darvish, with the bases loaded at the top of the floor, exactly. Or
0: bottom of the first. Uh, you live and you learn, I think, was the post uh, by the White Sox. Which I didn't realize
1: because I, I didn't remember it, but the night before when uh, Luis Robert tried stealing and Wilson mm-hmm. Contreras was thrown out, the Cubs just tweeted out, you live, you learn. Mm-hmm. And then the that Sox tra- trolled them right back with you. It was, <laughs> that was fantastic. When, that. I
0: love when team social media teams are getting petty. So uh, yeah, It's fun. That's, that's, I'm here for it. One hundred percent. But uh, we got to roll on here. Plenty of other sports to get to, Matt. Let's go. Uh, let's go NFL right now because the big news over this last week uh, and actually the last 24, 48 hours is the NFLPA and the owners agreeing to zero preseason games in twenty twenty. Amongst a myriad of other things, on Sunday we saw a big social media push from push from some of the biggest names in the game, tweeting out that they want to play, but so much needs to be figured out and. In the most surprising development that I've ever seen in NFL negotiations, these two sides came to the table and got stuff yeah. done. Like, they Literally. just sat down and got stuff done. They didn't shuffle their feet. I think they are shuffling their feet on some of the minutiae, but the big things were tended to. There's going to be daily COVID testing for the first two weeks, and if they don't hit a certain threshold I of negative- threshold. threshold, if they don't keep it under that, uh, they will continue daily COVID testing, which is important. I mean, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of contact. There's Mm -hmm. a lot going on where these guys need to get it to the zero number that the NBA is seeing and try and maintain that zero number. That's obviously the goal here. So there's going to be daily COVID-19 testing, but most importantly, I think most notably, maybe not most importantly, but most notably, there's no NFL preseason this year. What are your initial feelings here? Because While I'm someone who struggles to get pumped up for preseason, it does feel like we're going to have a lot of bad football weeks one through four.
1: Selfishly, I'm excited for that reason because, you know, there's one of the biggest excitements of the year is, like, the anticipation for the kickoff of that first preseason game because football's finally back. And then Mm -hmm. it kicks off and you see, you know, your team, you know, Mitch come around and turn turn around and hand the ball off four times and then it's over. Yeah. It's, it's such a buildup for a huge lifetime like oh wait I have four weeks of not caring about this stuff so selfishly I'm excited the first football we're gonna see is going to be meaningful football um, but realistically I've not I think this hurts the most the you know fringe roster guys the guys who are fighting for a spot you know the, the 63rd guy on a roster who has a chance to bump up a few spots and win a few spots by what he does in a preseason game I know the Bears you know, the big story with last year with the Bears was we didn't, we're, you know, starters didn't play in the preseason game and they came out rusty. I don't think that you could have started Mitch in that offense all four preseason games fully. I think you still would have seen the same offense, and I think now everybody's on a level playing field. I also think training camp reps, as many as they're going to get against their defense, are as valuable as anything they can get in, you know, in front of a live, you know quote unquote live preseason defense. So I don't really yeah. think it's going to especially with all the teams going through this. I don't really think it's going to make that big of a difference for the players. And quite honestly, if it was going to make that big of a difference for the players, I don't think they did they they would have agreed and pitched none. I think they would have tried to get one in. They they were pushing for none. Players yeah. wanted which, we, no which we, I don't I don't think was- for the guys I don't there think were, for the ones yeah. I, I don't think for the ones those reps the guys who have been there I mean maybe the rookies and, a little bit too I don't think it matters all that much I think you get and, even more out of the training camp live practices than you do out of the preseason
0: to your point that it's unfortunate for the back end of the roster guys it is, but at the same time, there's only a couple hard decisions being made oh, at yeah. each position grouping. Like w- we know who's going to be on the roster. Yeah, for so the moment, coaches, they, know personnel, know they have to make a couple hard decisions. Did they bump it Amber up for fifty three this year? I think this is the year it was the fifty six. 56, it's like 56, that's why 56, I was fifty six. Like that. That's why I was avoiding saying the number. Gotcha. But, um, rosters are going to be expanded. Uh, In order to be able to supplement these positive tests, when you have to get guys out of there, Mm -hmm. so at the same time, opportunities are going to come about for these guys who maybe would have been those last one or two out. Mm -hmm. Like it's always been, stay by the phone for those guys, and it will be again this year just for a different reason. I feel for the college players who are you know trying to shoehorn their way into a special teams gig and will never get that opportunity to show you know that I can get downfield that I'm not just a wide receiver. I can go be productive in special Mm -hmm. teams that guy might not get his opportunity but at the same time that guy is usually out of the league next year because there's another that guy next year so my heart's not broken um, like you said, it, it's hard to get into preseason football. Usually, it's just that like taste to let you know that football's almost there. We're going to know that football's almost here because we're going to be dying for it mm-hmm. by the time we do kick on September 12th or whatever. Or No, September 13th, the first Sunday, so that Thursday would be the what, 10th, 9th, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it, by the time we get there, we're going to know it's time for football, so we don't need any indicators. I think that it's most important that these two sides are actively negotiating in a positive manner because there is a CBA coming up here and a lot of the ends have already been, you know, tied up on the CBA. But there are going to be certain things to figure out. And, you know, the salary cap number, they've got to figure out where they're putting these losses, whether it's all next year, taking $40 million hits or spreading mm-hmm. it out over the next decade. There's so a lot of things to figure out. The NFLPA and the owners are showing that they have the capability to do so.
1: Yeah, that's the encouraging part from all this. After coming yep. off a you know, negotiation from baseball that, you know, made you want to never watch the game again. We have two sides that are more than willing to get together and talk to each other and, you know, sacrifice, come mm-hmm. to agreements on things, meet in the middle. All that one good last stuff. thing
0: on one last thing here on the no preseason games. I sure. also think that it is another case study in my hypothesis of good air, bad air. Uh, we are going to see where the good air is and where the bad air is because all that this does is amplify the good teams that are prepared and the bad teams that are not. Th- well, that's all
1: it does. I thought you were talking about sh- like air like Denver altitude.
0: No, 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 no. Good air, bad air. In there's good air in some know, buildings and bad air in some I buildings. I bring it
1: up all the time on the podcast. I know. Dad. I'm joking. We are
0: going you. to see the Patriots succeed this year because they succeed in the face of whatever. We are going to see the Bengals struggle this year and the Browns perhaps struggle this year despite their depth of talent because there's just bad air in that building and mm-hmm. there's, not a, there's not a winning way. We're going to see them struggle because they don't have those four preseason games to you know decipher their helmet from their shoulder pads. That's going to take place weeks one through four. Whereas the preparedness of places like New England and like Dallas and like these other places where there are strong foundations, um, you're going to see things work pretty seamlessly there. Now, Dallas might not be a good example because you do have a a first year head coach, uh, at least the first year in that place, uh, Mike McCarthy coming in and having to implement a system without preseason games, without knowing his personnel. So I think that puts them at a little bit of a deficit as well. The idea of competitive equity or equality here it's a fallacy like you even mentioned you know the air in denver from a actual like barometric air, yeah. standpoint everyone's playing with a different hand and it's going to be interesting to see who can play their hand the best without preseason football
1: well all i know is that this is going to make for a very interesting nfl season preview show because i think because of that we're going to have some very interesting picks
0: Uh, Put in the Bart Scott can't wait gif right there. And let's move on to some NBA basketball, the NBA bubble, the effective bubble that is zero positive tests out of, however, three hundred
1: forty something, yeah, three hundred
0: forty billion, whatever. All the tests that are going on in the Orlando bubble right now, zero positive tests. I think the next round is going to be really telling because they are starting to let. Uh, small amounts of media into the bubble now as well. Uh, It it was just like a select, like five people were there, like Chris Hayes from Yahoo Sports. I think Rachel uh, Nichols was in there. Taylor Rooks, Rachel Nichols. But I think that they're going to open that up now to a couple more reporters. So uh, as you let in outsiders into the bubble, I know they're being tested, but um, you are letting different variables in. Not the direction I'm going here. I want to go the direction of the positivity that the bubble format is working for the, the NBA. It's so encouraging to think that July 30th, hopefully, we have zero positive tests, full rosters, and we're going to get a champion um, in some way, shape, or form. It's going to feel like a just champion to me because all of these guys being out there, I mean, the only team that really took a hit is the Brooklyn Nets, and we, I didn't expect much out of them anyway. Yeah. The Lakers are going to be full strength. The Clippers are going to be full strength. The Bucks are going to be full strength. Maybe Bledsoe might be an issue. I think he tested positive a couple days ago, but he could be back by opening tip. So I, I was worried that you were going to get shuttle squads playing against each other, and it's going to be a tainted banner. I no longer have that worry due to these zero positive tests.
1: Yeah, no, know. It, it's positive to see that these guys are all... T- Not positive. That was not a bad bad word choice there. Bad word choice there. Uh, No pun intended. But it's good to see these guys are taking it seriously. Um, I I think you do have to be – they're not out of the woods yet because they're still there for however long. And you never know when somebody might get bored or want to leave the bubble. Or, you know, we've seen – who was it from the Kings? uh, Rashawn Holmes, you know, go have to quarantine because he went out to get food. Um, He's back as of yesterday. (laughs) He's back. What, yeah. do you think, what do you think he got oh, oh,
0: Do you want some Kings news here? I mean, I know people have probably yeah, seen him. Yeah, isn't Marvin Aaron, Bagley De'Aaron out now? Fox, Fox screwed up ankle. Marvin Bagley out for the remainder of the season with a foot injury again. I think Kings fans, while they support their guys, um, I think they're starting to worry and wear thin about the durability of Marvin Bagley, because for all that he's shown, it's the like what his third,
1: third, fourth big injury, right? In two he, years, he had a, he had a
0: knee, he had an ankle, and I think a foot twice, like extended amounts of time. He showed such promise when he's on the court, but he has shown an inability to stay there. That's my king's minute.
1: Yeah, look at you. Just it's so professional. You're still keeping the old ties. Can't did You your you've moved on Can't to the national gig. You're so does that mean we get a Nebraska football update too? Uh, yes. Uh, J.D. Spielman
0: transferring to TCU. Big loss. Big loss for the top target a year ago. Wow. That's
1: all I got. That's, that's your Joe's flashback minute. J.D. Spielman, also
0: son of Rick Spielman, uh, general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. So you have to think that there's a, a route to the decision. J.D. wanted to be closer to some of his loved ones, but I think that he believes Maybe TCU offers them a better opportunity for exposure to maybe get drafted a little bit higher.
1: Okay, let's keep going back then. How about an Illinois Wesleyan basketball minute? You got one of those?
0: Uh, Illinois Wesleyan basketball, CCIW conference schedule still up in the air. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Just <Joe's laughs> okay. keeping
1: ties. Uh, Breaking schedule still uh, up in the air. I
0: don't know what the I- IHSA is doing. Um, still has Saint the best Giles, wide receivers
1: coach in the in the in the game.
0: Still got the best wideouts coach in the game. St. Giles basketball. That's as far back as we go. I don't know. There you go.
1: Nailed it. That's perfect. You just very. Oh Youth league will not play this year. <laughs> um, I don't remember that, what we were talking about. We we're talking about, we were talking about NBA, bubble, NBA bubble, a little bit
0: of Sacramento Kings, just the promise of you know uh, keeping guys healthy and keeping them out there on the court.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think this is like you said. This is the next test if they're welcoming more people into the bubble, but. Uh, they're not out of the woods until they're out of the woods and they've crowned a champion, I guess is what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. great to see this, but you got to you know keep seeing that number right at zero or else there's always going to be a threat to, like you said, kind of turn it into a taxi squad because we've seen how quickly this spreads. And if one guy makes the mistake going out of the bubble, contracts it, and you have no idea how quickly you can pass it. So hopefully they continue taking this as, serious as seriously as they have so far and we can get some legitimate NBA playoff basketball.
0: I think the biggest question at hand here is going to be how they handle the audio from a basketball level, because I think basketball amongst other, sp- any other sport is where you get the most trash talk and it might not uh, be the most PG 13 trash talk. They're talking about running it on a 10 second tape delay, but it, it, I, you're just going to get swaths
1: of, I think you're forgetting about the NHL. And there's there's a lot of trash talk there too, but a lot more rated R language. Uh, they've already announced they're going to be running it on a five second tape delay.
0: But the, the NHL, yeah. uh, it happens between whistles. NBA yeah. happens. NBA happens when it's happening. And and if NHL, if they're drawing during the game, there is the sound of skates and sticks. NBA basketballs sneakers quiet. squeaking. Sneakers squeaking and ball dribbling isn't that loud.
1: Um, yeah, I, I just think arena, that it gets louder. They're
0: they're gonna need to put like a music bed in. They there, would also be wise to run it on a tape delay. Yeah, but I want to hear it. I, I think that it'd be amazing if the NBA released like a instead of League Pass, like they shifted League Pass to like League Pass Rated R, to where the game's airing on its normal Darth. channel. Game's airing on its normal channel, but then on League Pass Rated R, we get to hear these guys. Full on jawing in real time. I yeah. think it'd be
1: amazing. That would be a nice ad- adjustment for League Pass, and still have a you know reason for people to buy it. Yeah, but
0: uh, uh, it's exciting just to know that NBA basketball is in a good place right now as we move forward. Just what, seems like most 10 sport, days out, might, mo- days most, out. Sport,
1: most sports are here at least professional wise. College sports are another story, but it seems like most professional sports. Baseball took them a while, obviously, but they they seem to be doing it right now, and it seems like, knock on wood, we're. You know, yep. looking somewhat promising and, for you know, sports. That, that was
0: my that was my sentiment weeks ago. Is that I, I really see a path to pro sports. I don't see one to collegiate sports. We're not going to get into that. We're not. We're sad. not. But we're seeing we're seeing more and more leagues. Um, you know, not not power five conferences, but I think the SWAC pushed their uh, football schedule to the to the winter. Um, the uh, Ivy League has obviously canceled and moved to the spring. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of adjustments being made. Uh, Mark Emmerich came out earlier in the week head of uh, the NCAA. I mean, take it for a grain of salt, but said, you know, there are too many questions here. We got to start moving in the right direction if we want to play football this fall. So there is worry from the highest powers that be in college football. Um, it's unfortunate. It's unprecedented. But uh, we will cross that bridge when we get there, like
1: you said. Not yeah, going to cry
0: over milk that has yet to be spilled.
1: I might, but let's talk about stuff that will make me happy. You just like to cry. That's it. That's um, not true.
0: I just got, really uh, like milk. You do like milk.
1: Uh, well, should we get into some,
0: some we get buy some or sell here? Yeah. Mailbag, milk bag. What do you want to do? We'll, do? we'll wrap
1: up with the mailbag. We'll go to buy or sell. Now.
0: All right. Let's jump into some buy or sell. Uh, we are a golf podcast, so it's I true. will lead us off with a golf topic here. John Robb, your new world number one, hasn't won a major, uh, hasn't, had a top 25 finish since the restart, but was great prior to the COVID shutdown. That all is taken into account here. But your new world number one usurping the spot previously held by Rory McIlroy after passing Jack's test at the Memorial. I watched nearly every stroke of the tournament that was broadcast on air. Wow. It was... You
1: weren't kidding was, when you said they were going to bake out the greens, Joe. It was
0: <laughs> such a major test. And the fact that John Rom at one point had it At 12 under was mind boggling. He had an eight stroke lead at one point. Uh, We could talk about everything that happened on the back nine there, him giving some strokes back and then the two stroke penalty, whatever. But I want to get your take here buy or sell. John Rahm is the world number one at season's end. So once we wrap things up after the Masters, John Rahm is still world number one buy or sell.
1: Uh, I'm going to sell that. I just not, nothing against John Rahm. I think he's playing very well, but I think like we've talked about this, you know, group of top end golfers. Now, I think there's a lot of streakiness and there's a lot of yep. reshuffling at the top. And I, I, as well as he's playing right now, I don't think that's any guarantee that, you know, Justin Thomas or Rory or DJ or Brooks or, or Bryson or someone like that will catch fire. Who do you think? Exactly. Uh, who do I think? I'm going to Justin Thomas. I, I think yeah, he's been playing. He, he didn't, play, didn't play well last, uh, last week, obviously, but dude, He was coming off a weekend where he almost won at the same course, though played very differently. He's been kind of up there all year. I think he's due to crack through at some point. Um, But, you know, any one of those names in the top 10 right now, top 15, wouldn't really surprise me. I said top 15 purposely because Tiger's number 14. Um, You know, any one of those guys can really catch a run at some point. So, I I don't... Nothing against John Rahm, but we've seen his inconsistencies before. He's had the highest of highs, followed by, you know, the ability to go out and shoot you know, high 70s. So, I wouldn't shock me if any one of these guys is number one
0: just to prove the volatility of that top spot right now and how anyone could kind of get their hands on it if webb simpson would have won last week at the memorial he would have moved to world number one so there's a lot of guys within striking distance of that top position in the world golf rankings for me i couldn't give a damn about the world golf rankings yeah. like yes it'd be really cool to at one point in your life say I was the best golfer in the world amongst 30 million golfers in the world. I was the best one. Um, Really cool for John Rahm to be able to say that, um, to be able to do it in front of Jack. uh, I mean, arguably the greatest golfer of all time on his course um, that was cooked to a major caliber of a test. Just an awesome moment for John Rahm for golf. Uh, Really excited for him. But I, I share your sentiment that I think that, it
1: won't even take to the end of the season. We will see a different world number one this season. Wouldn't be surprised we see it in like you know a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got one for you. Um, let me pull up the tweet here because I want to make sure I have all the uh, information correctly. Give me one second. Got it. Also, potential, potential. oh, before Go we ahead. get
0: off a of golf. Sorry, before we get off a of golf. LOL, uh, Brooks Kepka supporters. The fact thinking that he was going to win every tournament that he tees it up at. Just, just slow your roll. He won the Rocket Mortgage Classic. You put him on a course that actually tests him and reduces that length. and makes doesn't it worthless. like Brooks. No, I like, I like Bryce. I'm talking about Bryson. Oh, you said Brooks. I, I, oh, I meant Bryson. Yeah, I, I was like, hey, don't, don't talk about no, no, Brooks. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm coming at Bryson right now. And Bruce? everyone who said, oh, he's the best player in the world. He's going to win every major this year. Vegas made him the favorite at every major. Slow your roll. Great, the guy can hit it 400 yards. How do you wedge it and put it on – slick greens like jack put out there because that's the true test of a
1: golfer shout out,
0: being able to minimize
1: shout out us we both pretty much called that last week shout out us and Maybe I only said we are that because, a golf pod i
0: only said that because my instagram explore page has a picture of him like making a funny face uh, and then his scorecard with all the squares on it that 10 he made on 15 on friday hilarious. when he told the rules official that he didn't believe him like he's just so unlikable I, I love watching guys do things differently, but like just his his whole act of making the caddy stop the camera, of yelling yeah. at the cameraman when things aren't going well, his Like whole there's doing act things differently and then there's
1: there's doing things differently and then there's me. being an ass about it and he's an ass yes. about it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'd love to see a Brawny Bryson just go about his business and be productive. And I'd root for him because I I love that sort of thing. Like, you know, his his crazy mind. And that's what I love about the game of golf is that my swing and your swing look completely different, but we can score the same score. Um, I, just the the attitude needs an adjustment for Bryson DeChambeau in my eyes. Same sorry, uh, sorry to Brooks Koepka. Sorry to Brooks Koepka. That's, that's
1: we are. That's one of my, that's we are. My bro- we're after is, being a Tiger Pod. We I think we both like Brooks a lot. I wouldn't call us a Brooks Pod, but we both support him strongly. So Brooks, Joe didn't mean anything by
0: Michelob Ultra and the long ball, two things close to my heart. I'm Ultra Brooks. guy. That's too bad. I love oh, Mickey it? also. It's, it's like water. You're just drinking water. That's it. You got to You drink 17 of them.
1: If I'm drinking, if I'm drinking like that light of a beer, give me the give me a Corona Premier any day. Um, I oh, back buy you, you don't have a Corona Premier. Corona Premier. I, I'm game. trying to think. No, oh, I'm it's a, their I'm like it's their ultra. i an extra like, There's guy. Corona. There's well, there's Corona. That's usually the the one I'm drinking. But they have Corona. They have Corona Light and Corona Premier, which is Premier. like their their locale, their low cal beer. It's miles. It's miles better than Corona Light.
0: I, I think I've said it here on the pod before. I'm, if I'm going with a cerveza, cerveza, Pacifico. I'm a Pacifico. I'm a Pacifico guy. Yeah. We should do okay, some I'm glad, sort of. I'm glad that you know that.
1: Not uh, we. Should, we should talk. We should do some sort of beer question at some point. You know, pick, yeah. you know, pick beers. Get a mailbag, folks. Somebody, somebody, ask us a mailbag question about multiple kinds of beer. Um, <laughs> back to my buy yourself. Yeah, get to to buy yourself. Uh, this comes from a. It, Count chad ryan on twitter he's verified host of redskins podcast in dc so I, i'd never heard of him but he, he's verified on twitter so must have enough followers um that said yeah potential significant washington name update user static crush on reddit has discovered that on july 15 2020 the same company that registers and manage, manages redskins.com registered a new domain dc sentinels.com so not that this is a lock by any means, but if you're connecting the dots, there's a chance that the Redskins are preparing to name, or sorry, Washington is preparing to name themselves the Washington or D.C. Sentinels. So, Joe, buy or sell the D.C. Sentinels?
0: Um, I sell it because I just don't care. Can't sell it hard. Uh, enough. You could call them the D.C. winners. You could call them the Washington winners. You could call them That's the Washington name. Super Bowl champions. Ooh. They're a trash team. Run by trash people, and I couldn't care about them until they're relevant, which they haven't been in my lifetime. I don't care. Call them the DC Defenders. Call
1: them whatever you want. Call them. That was the XFL team.
0: Yeah, was that? That's why I I was going to say that kind of that kind of runs. I think it was. Um, I, I just don't care. I don't care. Bad people running a bad franchise go make a bad decision for all I care.
1: See, I think it's a bad decision for a completely different reason. The, the Washington Sentinels will always be Shane Falco's team, and if you bring that also name back, true. if you bring that <laughs> name back, there's going to be a quarterback controversy. Right
0: also true. And put Falco in center team. for all I care.
1: I will back the D.C. Sentinels if they sign Keanu Reeves as a backup quarterback with a chance to win the job in camp.
0: Then I will back well, them from what it sounds like is Ron Rivera's belief in Dwayne Haskins, there might be a quarterback controversy between Dwayne and Shane Falco. Yes. It could be. I think he might bring in Keanu.
1: So, I mean, it's, it's always going to be tough in that organization with that owner and that culture. Like you said, that's the, that building's the definition of bad air, but they, yep. it, it's tough because they brought in a head coach that like is the opposite of that. I feel like who he granted, he never won a Super Bowl with Carolina, but, Seemed like an organization at
0: least
1: I know they had their ownership <laughs> issues, but at least what he brought to the locker room was a good culture, you know, discipline, all that type of stuff. Everything you want out of a head coach, and it's really <laughs> interesting to see the the clashing of. Awful owner, awful leadership, and fantastic, you know, pros, pro type head yeah. coach. It is a It's weird. I'm rooting for him, but I don't like the team, but I'm rooting for him because I like him. It's weird. Bring, sure. in Shane, bring in Shane Falco. Also, Keanu Reeves would have to change his name to Shane Falco. Scabs. Bring in the scabs. That's it.
0: Uh, Matt, buy or sell? Hawks can get out of the first round without... Corey Crawford. I need a Matt's Hockey Minute here give us a little update on the Blackhawks still unsure of whether or not Corey Crawford is going to be ready to go for this play-in I I just don't know what the Hawks are without him. I really think that the champion in the NHL is going to be crowned, uh, as it often is but even more so magnified here by goalie play and if we don't have our guy, how good can we be by ourselves? Blackhawks can get out of this first round with Edmonton without Corey Crawford
1: Ah oh, man, it's it's tough to ever fully sell against, you know, and granted Jonathan Taves is now unfit to play. I don't think that's going to be a long-term thing, but he wasn't in practice the last two days. Um, it, it's tough to ever fully bet against Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith come playoff time. That said, without Corey Crawford, it's going to be really, really hard. It, it's almost like an incomplete answer for me because I haven't seen Malcolm Subban play in a minute of hockey. I know he had a few starts, you know, some time in Vegas. I didn't watch any of those games. I, he did, He did not play or he did not start. I want to say he came in for, like, a couple minutes one time when Ca- Crawford got, you know, uh, he took a shot to the head and had to leave for four minutes for a concussion protocol then came yeah, right back. Yes, yes, yes. But like, I haven't seen the guy play hockey. I don't really know. But it's hard to see them beating the Oilers with the sh- – granted, they've gotten some help back on the on the blue line with some guys getting healthy, namely Calvin DeHaan. Um, it's hard to see them winning without Corey Crawford being there to bail out that shaky defense. Yeah.
0: Um, I you know, I take all uh, Blackhawks words that come out of your mouth as scripture, so I have nothing to add to the matter.
1: Let's hope he's back. Let's hope he's healthy and we see a good sure. series. Uh, Stan Bowman said yesterday, I was talking to you before the podcast, they're, they're hoping he's going to travel with the team. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be available in the first series. It uh, mm-hmm. doesn't mean he's not either, but it means they, if he's traveling with the team, I think they can only bring three goalies or maybe they can bring How four. you
0: just gets they're banking with on with so him being back. Hockey gets away with so much unfit to play upper body, lower body. Tell me what's going on with my players.
1: I agree. Well in fair the, the I think it was two years ago, they got rid of the lower body, upper body thing and they started announcing injuries. And then with because of COVID, it's pretty much they just decided that everything exactly. was gonna be unfit yeah. to play because they don't want Yeah. It, it, to for, they don't to... yeah, they don't wanna air yeah. their grievances. Oh, we should hit the music. No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> It's been a while. We should come up with a grievance for something soon. We haven't done that.
0: I, that whole episode a couple of weeks ago was a grievance when we got into the bear <laughs> stuff again.
1: That was, I should have retroactively. <laughs> You're just
0: gonna just, right instead there. of the open, just put the earring of grievances. Uh, hit her there. Um, you got anything else? I do. Um, I
1: saw this morning, I forgot where, but I think it was an NBA beat writer Twitter NBA Twitter personality, I don't remember who it was, uh, journalist was saying that Kevin Garnett is looking for or a group led by Kevin Garnett or with Kevin Garnett involved in it is preparing mm-hmm. a bid to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I want to ask you, not necessarily buy or sell, but one or the other. Uh, that's never been played before. Um, <laughs> one or the other, would you rather see A-Rod purchase the Mets, or I guess that group headed by A-Rod because it, there's a lot of star set yep. names in there, or – kevin garnett purchased the minnesota timberwolves
0: um would i rather see
1: if you could only see I'm one which would you rather see happen
0: a rod and j-lo just because being out here in Power the company. greater new york area um to watch it all transpire amidst some mets fans that i work with would be really fun i couldn't really care less about kd uh, owning a pg KG. kg excuse me kg uh, owning a piece of the Minnesota Timberwolves here and putting his own jersey in the rafters. My point is... Well, his jersey, neither, should, I think it is in the rafters already, John. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Well, I if don't believe not, management be. has better. retired. I, I agree. I agree. But my point here is, neither is going to happen. Teams are bought by billionaires, not by multi-millionaires, because you're seeing it here with A-Rod and J-Lo. Cohen's going to get the team because he's a billionaire and he's got that money to throw mm-hmm. at the team ron and Jlo could get the team if they were if they were willing to step back and have a minority ownership role they are only willing to put up 350 million of their own money that means there's going to be a lot of little pieces of this team sold they don't want to be minority owners they want to be uh-huh. owners of the team team majority ownership yeah. of the team and with 300 million dollars it's just not going to happen same thing with KG He's the highest I think he was the highest on court earnings of any player in the history of a game still to this day doesn't have enough money to, to completely liquidate himself and buy a team he could be a minority owner he could be a part of an ownership group but to have that sort of money be your majority owner there's too many cooks in the kitchen and a team is not going to sell to that person it's going to sell to the billionaire who owns 70% of the team and the other 30, he pieces up for his friends. That's how teams are sold. I just don't see either happening because neither one of these big name parties has the money to do it. Like you no mean, disrespect to no disrespect to wrong, your half a billion about, dollars. And no, yeah, it is, but no disrespect to like your half a billion dollars in the bank. J a low, a that's their couple
1: name,
0: a rod and J low, like no disrespect to the success you've had in your life, but this is a billionaire's game. Uh, the, the buying and selling of teams, and, and I just think that every time there's going to be a team up for purchase, you're going to hear a splashy name involved in it. But until that splashy name has three commas uh, and is ready to move it, like until it's Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. Yeah, Jeff they- Bezos made 17 billion dollars on Monday, like moving paper or something like that. Like that's the type of dude who well, can say. Just like 2 billion, give me the freaking Mets.
1: Why can't just like 20 of those million just disappear into my bank account? I don't think think it's that hard. Like, he wouldn't even miss it. If you
0: were willing to commit wire fraud, I think you could try and make that work. Might Um, be able to find a guy. Yeah, there's loopholes. There's loopholes. We'll find you got to get in with you got to get in with his money guy, his money manager. Well, well I'll, talk, am, I'll talk. I'm sure you. there's only one
1: of. Um, <laughs> but uh,
0: you no, are, I, By I the just, way, you're I actually
1: just, right because um, I, I googled Kevin Garnett jersey retirement, and yeah, Celtics are actually retiring his jersey. The Timberwolves are not because Garnett. Uh, I think was, KG said he still he has a rocky relationship with. Teams. Yeah, it's an
0: unceremonious uh, separation there as as it can be at times with. And teams speaking and of
1: you know you, you mentioned Cohen by you know being still being back interested now in the Mets. I feel like this is the third time around. That he's considered entering a bid for the Mets that family has. Um, I also saw on Twitter not long ago after I saw the Garnett thing that the Will family, the the same family that owns mm-hmm. the Vikings, is is interested in buying the Timberwolves. So, good luck competing with that money. Yeah, but like when, if, if, in terms of you know dreaming up you know fantasy land here. I would. Think it'd be fun to see KG owning the Timberwolves and like sitting, like being a Mark Cuban sitting on the like behind the bench, courtside, and like just being his old trash talking self, but as an owner, that'd be hilarious.
0: You know who's going to buy a team?
1: You know, us uh, the Moose and Rice Podcast.
0: We're buying a team. Mallory Edens is gonna buy a team. Like that's the type of people that buy Who is teams. That? She's she's the daughter of the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, and she said that it's one of her goals to take her inheritance and maximize it and then buy her own team. Like that's the type of ilk that buys teams. She was the girl that, that was sitting courtside with uh, Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs last year with okay. the push a t shirt on. Um she was trolling Drake because they were playing Toronto. There was the whole thing about her. Maybe we she, should get her to she,
1: invest in the podcast. She seems like she's I mean, in with pop culture we are pop culture
0: she's in with pop culture she's a billionaire heiress she graduated from princeton is what i'm looking at right now so like that's those are team owners not yeah. uh, i don't think you're ready for this jelly and the guy who played shortstop
1: or third base for the yankees like i'm sorry I did, now, granted, like you said, no, I don't think anybody unliked, jelly
0: like, was uh, Beyonce. I screwed it, that up. Jelly from the
1: block. Jenny from the block. There's the the one. It is funny that, like, like you said, A-Rod actually owning the Mets, not all that likely, but it was funny the other week saying, it, when he's in the bidding for this and, you know, still trying to be in the process of buying the Mets, thinking about it, he came out and said, well, I think the players should accept a salary cap. I thought that was yeah. absolutely hilarious. That's
0: hilarious. The guy who
1: the that guy who broke base highest paid contract. player in the
0: history of yeah. Um, I think but, you guys uh, should accept salary cap. Self awareness has never been his uh, has never been his fault or his strong No, suit. no sir. Um, we got a mailbag. Let's get a we mailbag do. here and then. And just let's so you know, people.
1: that wasn't me taking a picture of the podcast earlier, or myself. Earlier. That was me scrolling up through my text messages with Anonymous um, and screenshotting the exact question. That was um, a selfie. selfie. So th- and it, I hope it's sent to me. Uh, I will, you know, after the podcast, I'll take a selfie and I'll send it to you.
0: I'm good, actually.
1: Okay, so give me one second here. My mother texted me. I have to t- text her back. My mom texted Excuse me. Te- my mom texted You're... me. Can I call? And then I have to like, just text me what you. It's neither here nor there. Um, she texted her back potting. I said call. Call you soon. She texted me a thumbs up emoji. So we're good. It's not an emergency. <laughs> okay. um, this comes from anonymous uh, via text message. I don't know how they got my number, but it's wild. Time, dear long time, unanimous. Dear Moose and Runes, my girlfriend has recently taken an interest in golf this summer, and it's been a lot of fun taking her to the range and swinging a couple nine-hole rounds. Now that she's pretty good at hitting the ball down the fairway and has limited her swings and misses to only one or so per round, uh, it's not as long of a day to get a nine. But she's gaining more interest. She's been suggesting that we golf in the usual tee times. I golf with the boys and decisions are needing to be made any advice on how to handle the balance of playing with the girlfriend and playing with the boys um, your thoughts it's not a balance
0: it's not a balance whatsoever it's an excuse to play more golf yeah, what you need it. to do here is you're not that's sacrificing rounds with the boys for rounds with a significant other you've been given a gift here you have to make it clear that on Thursdays we golf together babe mm-hmm. Thursdays is all Thursdays are day, day. Saturdays, me and the boys are going to go out and play the big track, or play, uh, go spend two hundred dollars to play the course that I've really been lusting over in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. We're going to go learn the game at Joe Lewis. We're going to go learn the game at White Pines. We're going to go learn the game wherever. We're going to have a great time together and this is a moment where we can share something that we now both love babe. Mm-hmm. but i still got to go play with the boys on saturday this does not this isn't a one or the other this is an opportunity to play more golf
1: yeah i think it allows you to add like it, like you said one it gives you more balance to or it gives you more golf to, it allows you to kind of add that balance and if you show that you're making the effort to go out with her but also you know you got a tea time with the boys at this time like that should be fine as long as you're making the effort on one end I think that helps you know your ability to play golf with with your friends as well also I, I think this actually adds to your vacation options a, a lot oh. of times sometimes when you when you go on vacation, You got to be lucky to sneak in some golf, but if you have a girlfriend who wants to go play eighteen, who wants to go play golf, if if you're down, you know, in Florida for a couple days or wherever, and you want to go check out one of the tracks, bring your clubs, you got someone who can bring their clubs also and go with you instead of you feeling like you got to go hurry, sneak through, you know, sneak in a three-hour. Yeah,
0: we got to check out Diamante Tiger's new place just up the road. Like you go, it's a whole. This adds to your vacation. This
1: adds to your ability to golf on vacation. So while while on the surface. It seems like you kind of have to balance things. I think when you, when you really get into it, once you start making those, you know, like you said, couple golf days, you're going to add, you're, you're just adding to your ability to play more golf.
0: Joe and Debbie Musso are the perfect case study for this. Both of them love the game of golf. They both play their own. Deb plays on Wednesdays with her girls. Joe plays on Sunday with his boys. And then probably once every two weeks, they get out there together and have a great time. They play all the tracks in Chicago. They love. They both love the game. They both love each other. It's something to do. Also, as you, throw, th- as you gracefully it, age into your sixties, it would
1: help if your girlfriend found you know three you know one to three other girls that also like to play golf. True. So like you said, true. T- add that you know there she has you're her not days. the you only your, one
0: she's playing yeah with.
1: you have your day she has hers and then you have your together day that's you know three it times in 10 days help, if you want to do it
0: it would also help if your girlfriend wife significant other could hit the ball straight off her nose 200 yards with her driver like debbie muso does and keep it on the fairway she's she's 200? a fairway finder that deb She's a fair way,
1: she, She's in um, a 200
0: when, down the middle. When when she gets into one, she can get it out to 200. I'd oh, say yeah. she's probably more on average 150 to 175, but then like but when she gets a hold to one. Yeah, the, and the, but like yeah. she doesn't there's not that big a drop off when she has like an 8 iron in her hand either. Like she like everything goes 100 yards for my I mind. would love but to it, one most day importantly
1: be the most importantly when you're playing when you're home oh, playing with 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 Devin Joe Senior, I would love in. to be number 4.
0: Because Joe's spray chart is a little bit wider, oh, yeah. Deb keeps it right down the middle. So if I'm if I'm picking a cart to ride in, it's me and Deb because yeah. we know where her ball is. We might have to do a little searching for Big Joe's.
1: Me, me, me and Joe Sr. know how to find other oh, fairways, so I think we'd God be a pretty, bless pretty good you. cart. you. Good luck. <laughs> I think we'd be a pretty good
0: cart together. Uh, uh, you'll, you'll be here Just drop one Come on What are we looking for yeah, we, Just, we, drop, we, just one.
1: drop one right there We'll call it two. It's fine <laughs> we, knew,
0: it is, we knew it was, it was over here <laughs> <laughs>
1: if, if this was if My favorite was my, my brother Mike If this were a pro tournament That would have been found So you're fine Just throw one down
0: Yes uh, And if it was a pro tournament Mike probably would have shot 65 Like he did the uh, other day at s- lost what? to uh, Sniffing <laughs> Sniffing the course record Tim, uh, Tim and
1: Mike Have been doing matches Pretty much every, Like all the last few Saturdays And uh, uh-huh. Tim's been, Mike's been spotting Tim I think it's like 13 shots a hole, so it's they play all the par threes even and 18. 13 shots a hole. 13 shots. 13 13 shots around. Yes, sorry, no, around. Around. Okay. So uh, these they're playing all the par uh, par threes even, and they're playing 18 even. Very nice. And Tim played like Saturday. Tim played well. Tim shot an 85 and Mm -hmm. was done by the 15th green. (laughs) Was cooked. He was done. He, He was literally he was eliminated by the 15th green. Uh, well, hopefully next
0: summer uh, we can get some state AMs back up and running and uh, we can get Matt Rooney on the bag for a, for a Illinois State AM.
1: I, I, won't, I won't lie. Mike was asking me for a look on a couple putts. It was, it was just like old times.
0: <laughs> uh, too good. Well, uh, we appreciate the Rooney clan for always being supporters of the Moose and Roots podcast. Matt, you got anything else for the people?
1: Uh, no. Let's enjoy
0: opening day tomorrow. All right. That's going to do it for Moose and Roots episode 162, three, whatever it is. Uh it's going to be a 162 the full game 162. full baseball season. Uh, so yes, that's what it was. Uh, what do you, you think know, our 160? record was? We play 162, 162 games. Uh,
1: 162. I think we're like, I'd say we are like a 98 win team. We're play, I was going to say we're playoff bound for sure. I was going to say sure. we're division defensive losses
0: but we're we're, we're pretty we're playoff good
1: bound. Yeah. I'd say n- somewhere uh, in the 95 to 98 win range. I think we had a really good year uh 162 in the can but the most important
0: is the next one so please tune in next week send us your mailbag questions uh at moose and Rooney we even gave Twitter, you a topic beer Ask at us about moose beer. on air at M Rooney 23 i believe is there you is go that here i'm Rooney My 23 Twitter. hit any of the handles hit any of the text lines send us your mailbag questions we love those text it's our lights light.
1: our phone numbers people
0: yeah it's the text line <laughs> they, we got our text, text line they Hit the text line uh but we appreciate you guys as always that's it for one 162 uh, much much more coming up here enjoy opening day enjoy nba down the pipe it's all on the way sports are coming back and we got you covered for matt i'm joe we'll talk to you guys next week may god give you for every storm a rainbow for every tear a smile for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken <laughs> the steak was <statements>, phenomenal. <laughs>